and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It seems a matter of life for things to be lost and for things to be found. In the Lutheran church and school where I served previously, before Christmas and um, at least I think before Christmas, but absolutely before summer break, they would lay out tables of things that all the children had lost throughout the year. And I was always amazed by how much stuff they lost. It was always amazing that the stuff seemingly lost and uh, was depreciated in the, on, the, on the students who, who had them and yet lost them. That over time, they had just simply forgot about the things that they had lost. Their worth had depreciated to them. Those backpacks and shoes and lunch bags. But I don't think it's so much a reach for us to also relate to the things that we lose. You don't have to be a child to relate to the lost and found box or tables. Uh, We're all too familiar with things being lost, right? The sock that goes missing, the keys that you just put down somewhere, or that hobble that you do when you got the one shoe on and you're looking for that one shoe that somehow got stuffed underneath the couch. It's crazy. We lose stuff all the time. Personally, it's this white tab thing that we pastors wear. Super paranoid about losing it. It's not like you can just go over to Walmart in a pinch, right? Show me the clergy aisle. You know, you don't, you don't get that. You don't get that. It's really pathetic when we stop and think about it, isn't it? Socks, shoes, clergy tabs, right? We're so good at losing things. And if you're anything like me and you're running late or you're just trying to get out the door, but you've lost your, your wallet or your phone or your glasses, that's when you really start practicing St. Paul's words to pray without ceasing, right? You start to bargain with God. Good grief. Good grief. Maybe that is a good way of thinking about today's gospel text. Perfect saying for Jesus' words to us today. More than losing things, we're good at losing God. Thankfully, God is perfect at finding us. Jesus is perfect at reconciling us finding us, giving us the righteousness which we lost before God. And when Jesus brings even one sinner to repent, what does the text tell us? There is joy in heaven. There is a celebration before all the angels of God. And you know what? The heavens must be in perpetual celebration and joy. Despite the fall into sin... There is a perpetual joy in heaven because God is always at work in the midst of his world, reconciling sinners to himself, granting grace, forgiveness, and peace. There is a good grief, a happy outcome for us sinners and a heavenly celebration That in Jesus, repentance and faith becomes wed in our hearts 
that us sinners found in Christ Jesus are also saints. That a seemingly impossible good shepherd who forsakes everything to find us has defeated our most dangerous grief of unbelief. There is in our text today a seismic shift that brings those deplorable sinners to Jesus and the grumbling Pharisees and scribes further away from Jesus. It's not what Jesus desires. It's not a divide that he rejoices in. But these parables of Jesus are at the same time a a parable of of warning against one's own self-righteousness, security in our sins, but also an oasis of joy, an oasis of, of peace before God for those lost who have seen in Jesus the light. It's a good grief that Jesus receives us sinners and eats with them. That the tax collectors and sinners' hearts are being called by the gospel to hear Jesus. That sin's grief has a good answer outside the false religion of the Pharisees and the scribes. And that answer is the mercy of God who sent Jesus to us. And Jesus receives us in mercy. That's good news. Even the Pharisees and the scribes receive his mercy. Sadly, it's lost upon them. The lost are found when they are drawn near to hear the voice of Jesus. And the found are lost when they do not listen to Jesus' voice and go their own way. And to put this into context, the parable of the lost sheep, it it, it is made clear that Jesus had come for all. Not in some general or vague sense. Jesus actually comes for every man, woman, and child, for each and every one of you. Jesus comes. Jesus comes for your sake and for my sake. And in the parable of the lost coin, we learn of the persistence of Jesus to accomplish his earthly mercy mission here on earth. In both parables, we witness the end goal of Jesus for there to be a celebration of the repentant before heaven. That there be a celebration of faith in Jesus. So I encourage you to listen well to Jesus' parables today, like the tax collectors and sinners who were drawn to hear him in the first place. And we really can't talk about our need for Jesus if we don't acknowledge our need Uh, for our sins to be covered by Jesus. The tax collectors and the sinners of that day knew it very well, what people thought about them. They knew very well how they thought about themselves. But before Jesus, they did not see any need to repent and follow the Pharisees and the scribes because they were forgotten by them. So what happened? What changed? Jesus did not forget his people. Jesus came to them. He came to them, and they listened to Jesus, and it was different. Different than the Pharisees and the scribes. He showed them compassion and offered repentance. He opened to them the kingdom of God, by which they formerly believed was closed to them. He showed them their worth by his willingness to associate with them, 
by taking his message to them, by leaving the open country, as it were, to find that one lost sheep, by seeking diligently in the darkness of one's lostness, that he may show them his light. And that is what Jesus does for them. And that is what Jesus does for you. To this very day, the Lord draws near, and the Lord draws us near, to hear his compassionate voice and to offer repentance. In worship, God gives us the opportunity to repeat his holy words back to him. You can see scribbled all throughout the hymnal, all the, the, the texts in the scripture where God gives us his word and we repeat it back to him in his joy. God gives us to confess our sins before him and not just leave us with that confession that I'm a sinner, but to also hear his absolution, which is absolute for us. To confess our sins and to be forgiven. And when we think about all the ways in which God comes to us, we can think about in the Lord's Supper, where Jesus tells us that this bread and this wine is his actual body and actual blood, that we are to eat of it and drink of it for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus says that. It's for the forgiveness of sins. God continues to call us in these things. St. Peter, reflecting on God's work in baptism, says baptism now saves. Oh my goodness. God's word is continuing to come to us and hearing it, we are drawn near to Jesus to receive him in the means in which he provides. So to this very day, we have certain means by which God's grace, means by which our Lord Jesus is, is finding us and seeking us and teaching us his mercy and filling us with his eternal promises. Before Jesus, these things meant nothing to us. But now in Jesus, we rejoice in these things since God's word with these things calls us by the gospel and into faith. And knowing the Lord Jesus in faith, our lives are now given into his loving arms. And we joyfully live in daily repentance and faith. What does it mean to be a community of believers in Jesus? It means that we are a people of God, children of God's promise, that we've been rescued from our sinful ways and drawn to the kingdom of God by the word of Christ. Jesus' voice continues. If we think about, as an illustration, just one means of grace, one means by which uh, our Lord, Mike went out, we think about one means by which our Lord comes to us, thinking about baptism. If we believe, as the Bible says and explains, that, ba that in baptism, God's name is placed upon us, that in baptism, our sins are cleansed from us, that in baptism, our life is loved by God and redeemed by God, if we think about one's means of grace in this way, we can be assured that we are no longer lost people. Because Jesus has come and he has washed us and cleansed us, brought us to himself and continues to remain with us. We might look at the, the loss of 
one out of 100 sheep and one coin out of 10 coins and and conclude that that's not much of a loss. One sheep, one coin. But not so with Jesus. All are precious. Bad shepherds look at their flock and cut their losses. Bad stewards waste their money. But Jesus is the good shepherd and faithful steward. And our life is precious to him. And our worth is priceless before Jesus. There is no perilous terrain that Jesus will not endure to rescue you. There is not one person Jesus is content to overlook. He will persist in this world with his word until the end of this world. And to the end of your life, Jesus will risk scrutiny from the world for your sake. Through the length of your days, Jesus will seek after you because he loves you. Jesus is the good shepherd. The good shepherd who hoists the lost sheep upon his shoulders in rescue. He is the one diligent to find you and knows your precious worth. Like the lost lamb upon his shoulders, he has endured your losses upon the cross. And as the keeper of all people, his resurrection is the pronouncement that sinners reconciled in Christ now also have a priceless treasure in heaven. Jesus draws us near with his voice and gives us the kingdom. That's worth celebrating. Both the shepherd and the woman of today's parables looked at their flock and their purse, now made whole again, and say these beautiful words, Rejoice with me. Rejoice with me. God has made good on his promise to you. God has made good on his promise to search for us and to rescue us from wherever we have been scattered. Rejoice with me, with your church, with your neighbors in Christ. Let us rejoice together with heaven above and with all the company of heaven. Let us rejoice that we were lost and that we are found in Jesus. And though it may seem a matter of life for things to be lost and things to be found, in Christ we can rejoice to have been drawn near to Jesus with repentance, that God's forgiveness is our righteousness, and that now the only thing that is lost is death, and what is found for us is life everlasting in Jesus Christ. Amen.